my favorite neighbors. This is Sis. This is Squirt. Okay, so summer's over. Mm -hmm. Can you, like, summarize summer winners, summer losers? That's a really good title of the show. Summer winners, summer losers. Like, I have a few summer winners. Okay, go for it. Okay, some of my summer winners are Harry Potter World, which I think we never (laughs) talked about on the podcast, but we went, we ventured to Harry Potter World uh, in the summer, and it was a lot of fun. Yes, there are still problems with the park itself, or really the island, the Harry Potter World Island Mm -hmm. in Islands of Adventure in Universal Studios, because it's it's still far, far, far too small for the amount of people that want to be there and the amount of things that should be there. And accessibility. And accessibility. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I felt I felt good going. It it felt like it was right. I hope that they keep adding to it. Mm -hmm. But I would consider that one of my summer winners. Uh, my next two summer winners are music uh, that I discovered over the summer, which, as we mentioned, I never get a chance to listen to mu- new music, and this isn't really, really new. But one was from you, and another one was I sort of fell upon, which was Michael Franti mm-hmm. and Spearhead. And that album I still really love and play as much as I can. And then Foster the People, which was from you. And I listened to the album. I listened to Torch's Redux. So, because there's, origi- there's apparently a Torch's original, mm-hmm. but the Redux album is the one that I sort of have on continuous play right now. And I'm just really happy about it. And it still makes me happy, which is good. My next three are TV shows, but one is Dropped at Diva, which I just really think... It found its footing this season. I mean, it's always been good, but I feel this season it was really strong in keeping the story going, keeping it balanced, making sure everybody had storylines, putting people where they needed to be. You had sort of mentioned this in a later episode. Terry keeps coming in with all of these random things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a really great way to use an assistant Mm -hmm. to keep an assistant going. Um, or keep an assistant relevant. So I thought that was good. State of Georgia is another one that I feel is a summer winner, regardless of how it turns out, because it was just it was just a good show. It was a good show in the summer. And then of course there is Awkward, mm-hmm. which is summer oh. gold star. Oh, big so star. five ghost stars. Check underline circle. I mean A plus extra yep. credit. Mm-hmm. No holds barred. Great show and it is so fun i think we have like two episodes on the dvr that i haven't watched yet and i'm so excited to watch them because i just know that i'm gonna have a good time watching that show and i just i love every part of it and i do know that as a 31 year old it is not technically geared towards me but oh it is so much fun to watch and I just think MTV and whoever created it just really hit that one out of the park. So those are my summer winners. Summer losers for me is Pretty Little Liars because mm-hmm. it lost me. I might catch up with it before the Halloween episode that they have apparently planned, but I don't know. Right now, I just I think I'm done. I think I've outgrown it, which really should have occurred before I even started watching the damn thing. Uh, another summer loser is my bookshelf. 
<laughs> because all my authors are sort of in the midst of writing their next book in whatever series that I really like. So I couldn't buy any new books <laughs> from the authors that I really liked. And in my search for auth other authors to read, I have been striking out four chapters into Sisterhood Everlasting, and I am not feeling mm. the need to finish reading it. I just read that other book that was recommended by the other author, and I kind of don't want to finish reading that. And so I haven't really had any good books to add to my bookshelf, which is sad. Sad, but I'm hoping that this quickly gets rectified by by winter. So I'll have something nice for when we get a nice big snowstorm. Putting that out there, and then the other summer loser is the free for all process. We the Shakespeare Theater in our area uh, does a free for all where you can get tickets and go see um, a free Shakespeare production. I feel they've forgotten, missed out, just ignored the community aspect of their old process, which was you would either line up day of, if it was on the weekend, outside of one or the other Shakespeare theaters. There are multiple Shakespeare theaters in the area. And there are multiple places to line up, actually. You would line up or you would go to a certain building during the day and just pick up your tickets for that night. And we would always be in the lines on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And that was like community building. It was it, it, not in the sense of like, these are our neighborhood people. But you were in that line. You had to get in line before the ticket box opened. And you would just stand there and talk to people. Mm -hmm. And just get to know other Shakespeare fans that you would then see later that night. And you would be in the area you would go to the starbucks or you would go to the restaurant across the street or even after you picked up the tickets you would go to get lunch or something like that and it was very community oriented it was very community building i imagine people met friends and it was just a good time and the process now is just so very cold partially because it's electronic and i'm i'm not really that person that goes computers bad people good um actually i'm usually the other way around but because it is so electronic and so um internet based now i don't know who else is going to the show until i get there and when i get there i'm rushing to get to my seat so i'm not going to interact with anybody and it's it just it uh, it it cuts off some of that warm feeling that i used to have for the free-for-all yeah. and this is me the yeah. the misanthrope the person who hates everybody mm -hmm. the, saying that i want to get back to the place where i have to stand in line with other people mm -hmm. because they're not just other people they're other shakespeare lovers and it's it's just a good time and i feel this process just really just removes all of that i i will second you on um on the process and I said this before when they moved it indoors and I know they I know why they moved it indoors but the one of the benefits I feel part of the community what you had at the Carter Baron like it, that was outside and and mm -hmm. outdoors is that yes there were bugs and yes occasionally it would rain and weather delays were a big or weather was a big deal and so they couldn't always do it whenever they wanted to so I can see how it's a pain from production side but on the participant side it was like you could go and picnic and be with other people before the thing started and you would meet people yes. like and families and friends and stuff and and they wouldn't even be yours but They'd be like, oh, look, there's a group of people playing Frisbee. Let me join them. Because yeah. you could, because you were in a park. Yeah. And then you'd go see the play. And my, 
other tag for that is that when I went to go see a play there, I could sit next to my handicapped friend with five other friends. Because mm-hmm. I will say that, get on my horse about handicapped people, but handicapped people have more than one freaking friend to yes. people. So if a group of people have one handicapped friend, can you try and figure out to put the seats together? Because every single time, there's always one seat with a handicapped person, and I get it. You can't block out that whole section for seven people. Right. But there's a row of seats directly in front of them. Mm-hmm. And if those seats are already sold, I get it. But if not, can you arrange for that person to buy one of those seats? Right. And it's never possible. Mm-hmm. They're all like, I don't know what seat. How can you not know? My winners first is Friends with Benefits. Okay. The movie and the TV show. I enjoyed the movie. Pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed the movie. Because I think I went into it like, you know, it's our Sunday matinee. It looked cute from the previews, but he had no idea where I was going to go with it. And it was fun. It was witty. It was nicely paced. It was well written. I liked all of the characters. I thought that they gave them all enough depth and was still giggling at jokes. Yes. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. And I and I liked that it made fun of itself and it made fun of itself and other romantic comedies. Yes. All of the other romantic comedies that I liked. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take itself as a movie too seriously. So I was pleasantly surprised. So that was definitely a summer plus for me. Another summer plus for me was the TV show Friends with Benefits, which I stumbled on thanks to Hulu. So I just would like to point out that I've discovered three shows through Hulu that I had no idea existed, but just because I was on the site and they came across their banner ticker, Friends with Benefits, Misfits, and um, which is a British show, which I didn't keep watching because it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, mm-hmm. and um, The Avengers, the old version of The Avengers, oh. <laughs> was, was what I would watch. But So anyway, so just you advertisers, put your stuff on Hulu. So <laughs> Friends with Benefits was a TV show that was on Hulu, and it was, you know, another one of those late 20-somethings or 20-somethings TV show, Friends Living in a City, The City was Chicago living and loving and you know dating and getting themselves into ridiculous unbelievable situations mm-hmm. um but i thought that it was a fun show just as fun and quirky as friends the the other show that i would compare to would be happy endings which came on to which another you know set of friends i liked the fact that the show was diverse and it was more than just a token of of any of them Mm -hmm. and it wasn't discussed it's just the way that it was yeah I thought that the the characters were well drawn into their caricatures as to who was one was the Lothario, one was the neurotic, one was the slacker. Like they were mm-hmm. all nicely drawn and they worked well with the comedy together and they, it was amusing in the different situations they would get themselves in and out of. The dialogue I thought was fine. It was really kind of weird though because the reviews they have on Hulu is everybody hates this show and I was like why you watched Friends and I'm sorry (laughs) Friends was like this or worse at certain times like I don't get why this one is good because people do like you know there's a whole episode where the one character was so shallow like you couldn't date a girl who always wore a hat Mm -hmm. and he spent all this time trying to get the hat off of her head it's stupid (laughs) you know you're like it's really dumb but you know it was funny how it was done 
And the other thing that I liked about that show, which they mentioned in the first couple episodes, and I wish they had kept going with this, but they obviously had to drop it and move on, was that the Lothario character, and happens to be the black character, was raised by lesbian parents. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he mentions it occasionally. He's like, on the, con- on the, he's, like, on the commune, on lesbian commune, we hug it out, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And I just think it's very amusing that, like, you know, lesbians who tend to be quite feminist mm-hmm. and open with their feminality breed, like, a Lothario son uh, who like yes. you know yeah. just sleeps with women and moves on he doesn't but the one thing is true though he doesn't disrespect them like mm-hmm. he respects all women and likes all women he's not like oh you know bitch get out of my face he's mm-hmm. like thank you for that one night stand I'm never going to see you again mm-hmm. <laughs> type of thing and he's not shameful about it. but I thought that that was a very funny plot line and a very funny plot line to explore but that was another plus of stumbling on on Hulu and discovering that me for the summer. Unfortunately, it didn't get picked up and it got shoved out the door for the summer. Mm-hmm. And the other one that I, we've already talked about was Love Bites, which was another show that I just dis- the plus for the summer that I discovered um, well on TV, but then ended up watching on Hulu, which I just thought was a really good, pleasant, fun show. And I just, it was really entertaining to the point where, like, I would rewatch some episodes just because it was a nice way to spend 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And these people and these stories I kind of liked and got involved in. And they were a little bit kooky and neurotic, of course. Right. So that's all I can think of off the top of my head. And because I hardly ever really chalk anything up to bad I can't think of things that were really big summer duds that I didn't just give up on like I like alphas like I gave up on alphas that Mm -hmm. was a summer dud for me so Franklin and Bash I started watching this and I have to say Glenn Weldon it was your smear campaign (laughs) that made me watch this because you would put those little tweets up there and I was like what the frick show is this (laughs) and I was like you're being all snooty titty about it and so I'm gonna sit there and watch it and I did and you know what I was amused for an hour and then you know what I watched it again and I was amused again and then by the third episode I was in love with Franklin and or Bash and it's not about the lawyering because they don't even really lawyer or <laughs> do lawyer. any type of is this a new verb that we're yes. going to use yeah there's nothing new about this show I mean it could be this show definitely could be LA Law it's the same type of they get a case it's a hard case they do something goofy figure out and solve the case but the show really turns on the characters not just Franklin and Bash but they've created these other characters in the law firm and the premise behind the show is that Franklin and Bash are kind of two good buddy lawyers who you kind of get the feeling that they're not necessarily that great of lawyers but they just keep doing it Mm -hmm. you know like they manage to win enough cases that it's okay that they lose so many they anyway they get some case and win some case and get picked up by a big law firm who is like you can do your same type of antics just work for us mm-hmm. um so they do and um they they are they're like a bunch of frat boys that decided to go to law school but it's the bromance like the relationship between franklin and bash that is very captivating to watch and the relationship that they have with their other characters they have two characters Carmen and Pinder, who were uh, their paralegals. Pinder is agoraphobic, extremely intelligent and agoraphobic, and he never leaves what they call the cave, okay. which is where Franklin and Bash live, which was also their office where they would meet clients, uh-huh. Like, which is really like when you look at the set... Mm-hmm a big frat house like mm-hmm. they have like a hot tub and like a p- 
pool table and all this stuff. And Pindar lives there, mm. uh, and he doesn't leave oh that space gosh. at all. But he's very smart, right? And then there's Carmen, who is I think also went to law school and is a paralegal, but she's kind of their private investigator, and she's an ex-con. So she can never really be a lawyer for um. what she gets. But they hired her, and she is does legal research and also does some shady stuff for them to, to help them figure out stuff on clients. And so they have a Scooby gang. Right. <laughs> but essential. It is. And it's like them against the big law firm. Even though they're working for the big law firm, it's mm-hmm. like the law firm doesn't expect them to do well. Mm-hmm. So it's like they continually have to prove themselves not only to the law firm, but then to the court once they right. get there. And so you've grown to love these characters. And the show is really just about those characters. It could be Franklin and Bash and they could be construction workers. Or they could be doctors or they could be on the love boat. Like, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to the law part of it, it's like, whatever, you're just another case show. But the the drawing of those characters and that relationship that they have is just very amusing and fun to watch. Okay. So I, I give it a thumbs up for for the summer show and, you know, screw everybody else. It's like, and I think that's why it stuck so strong because I felt that the critics were like, great, another serial, two dudes who are lawyers against everybody. This is going to be really stupid. Mm-hmm. And it I, on paper, it does look stupid. Mm-hmm. But they create that chemistry between the two of them, which I just think is so fun and just so amusing to watch. So that so on the flip side, the other show that I liked but completely different feel is Suits, which once again is another serial legal drama that okay. started this summer. And the premise of this show is that this one kid has a pretty much an eidetic memory, not photographic, mm-hmm. but it's eidetic, and he remembers anything he ever sees once, numbers, letters, everything, and remembers it for good. Like you know, he read the whole entire law review book could recite it back and he um gets pinched and saved by this one a kind of attorney and the attorney decides to hire him as a first year associate even though he's never been to law school but he the kid has passed the bar because what he would do is he would take tests for other people so the kid has passed the bar technically but he's never been to law school right so it's like the two of them and the guy who hires him is a very hot shot arrogant top of his game attorney mm-hmm. and but a little bit of a wild card mm-hmm. like a little bit of the risk taker so it's another one of the you know they're in the law firm and there's lots of backstabbing and conniving in this law firm it's another show though where like they do a lot of corporate law, but they solve the case, get things done. And you spend a good deal of the show, though, on the side of the kid keeping a secret hidden. Mm-hmm. And that's what that show turns on for me. Once again, not the law, not any of that type of stuff, but this kid and his secret and how he's going to continue to be at the law firm because you kind of are rooting for him so my bit is that I have no idea how that show will keep going once we get tired of him trying to hide his secret Mm. luckily every episode they haven't made it like oh he's about to be found out but like 50% of the episodes they end with (gasps) Woo, someone's going to find out. And then they fix it. Uh, um, and then you, someone, and then the cliffhanger uh, at, the, at the end of the season was like, you think people are going to find out. Okay. And I was like, well, 
one, if they do find out, like if the big people do find out and they're okay with it, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, okay, fine. I don't know how the show's going to go. And then two, if they don't find out, I don't know how entertained I'm going to be if that's the whole bit is that we got to make sure no one finds out that he's not really licensed to practice law. Do you think maybe they're going to be able to pull off the Chuck thing, which is a few people find out at a time and they have to keep the secret or they're pulled in for something like they have something by now going into fifth season. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows, Mm -hmm. but you know, the first person to find out about the spy world was awesome. Right. I think so. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it was Morgan, mm-hmm. and then finally it was Ellie. But, like, they managed to work that in, like, dribble it in just a little bit at a time and still keep it going where things didn't needed needed to be kept secret from everybody else. Do you think they're going to be able to... I don't know. Well, part of, part of the difference between this and Chuck is that with the spy world, you can make up some rules. Like, once Chuck... This, once you know, the Intersect 2.0 was downloaded, Chuck then trained to become a spy, even though he'd been spying all that time. You can't do that as an attorney. Like, you can't say, I've been practicing law. Oh, wait, let me go to law school. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) it's not going to happen. You're going to have to do time, and then they're never going to let you practice law. So I I don't know how that's going to work out. (laughs) And they did, you know, they covered some bases, but also... There, there is no real bromance between the the hotshot attorney and the first year associate, but they're both extremely attractive and adorable. And they, and with this one, they, like I said, it turns more on the associate's life. So, like, he has kind of an outside life and like some chemistry with other people that you're that spins around this. So, I don't know how long that's going to last, but. I like the characters on the show. I like the fact that the owner of the law firm is a black female. She's yes. the woman from Huge Yay. and Firefly. What's her name? I don't remember. Isn't she like Lawrence Fishburne's wife yeah, or something, something like that? that. I yeah. can't remember her name, though. Anyway, so it's her, and she she does a good job playing this this role where she has a little bit of heart, but she also is quite ruthless. Yeah. And she balances it well because I could easily hate her at certain times but she the way she plays it and the way it's written you don't you're just kind of you know what she is just keeping it real mm-hmm. switched at birth I've said before think spectacular show well done it got picked up for another season I can't wait to see what they do it's another foray into the non-hearing world that I had no idea it was about very interesting foray I feel into like almost family law for people to look at and I think that the the acting was decent. I thought the plot was believable. It is a little bit, I don't know where they're going to go. They introduced, finally, the fourth parent. Okay. Um, because it was two married parents and a single mother. Mm-hmm. So they've introduced the father. And they've also introduced a, a glitch, the lawsuit against the hospital. They introduced a glitch there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, how that's all going to play out. But I think it's very interesting. And I think what they need to do is focus on the growth of the girls Mm -hmm. and the growth of the parents separately. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because as it is now, like, they've kind of done an episode on this family and how they deal with it Mm -hmm. and this family and how they deal with it, and they kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm really kind of interested 
in the girls and how they deal with each other. Because mm. they're not sisters. They're right. not even half-sisters. I mean, technically, they're not even blood-related. No, they're not related at all. Exactly. If they don't, and they really haven't, which I thought was good, they really haven't forced them to be friends. Oh. Or acquaintances, like the way the show goes. Mm-hmm. They're, they really are dancing around each other, trying to figure out what they are to each other. Mm. I'd like that to be resolved, though, at some point, mm-hmm. so that they can then grow. Because I think they'd be interesting characters to watch through high school. Mm-hmm. And then the parents themselves have their own dramas. And I think they'd be interesting characters to watch, too. State of Georgia. You talk now. <laughs> <laughs> Go. (laughs) Dance, monkey, dance. So State of Georgia, I really liked it. It sort of had something going for it and then something going against it when I first heard about it. And I had actually heard about it a long time ago because I follow Jennifer Weiner on Twitter. So I had actually heard that she was casting the show and she actually even sent out a, are there any, you know, overweight 15 to 34 year olds, you know, in the Georgia area who want to audition? And then, you know, and so I was like, oh, this is great. I like one of her books. <laughs> yeah, I, I've read some of her other short stories. And I was like, oh, she's writing a, um, she's writing for TV. I thought that was great. I think we were still in the doldrums of reality unscripted shows. So mm-hmm. I was like, anyone writing for TV is good. But, you know, Jennifer, we know writing for TV would be even better, in my opinion. And then they cast Raven Simone, which I can say this now because my opinion has changed. I didn't know if she was strong enough to pull this off in the lead role, but she really did. And then they also cast Mahandra Delfino and Loretta Devine. And I was like, you know what? This is good. This is a strong cast and you got a strong writing staff. And I would see some of Jennifer Weiner's tweets as they were talking about writing some of the episodes. And I was like, these are pretty funny. I hope this gets translated into the show. And then it was on ABC Family, which is also can be sort of touchy. But I really think, as I think we said before, it found its feet in the later episodes. I don't remember how it ended because we sort of watched them a little bit out of order because some of them got deleted um, off our DVR because we had had them on for too long or whatever. But I really liked it. I think it was a strong summer show. I think it did a good did a good first out. It wasn't gangbangers like Melissa and Joey, which is unfortunate. You know, Melissa and Joey had a lot more going for it. I mean, at the very least, it had a TV movie going for it before the show even started, which State of Georgia didn't have. But I think it's a strong little sitcom. And I think if ABC Family could pick it up, they would. They could run it right next to Melissa and Joey, either right before or right after. And they could sort of build back in their own TGIF with a few more half hour family friendly kid friendly shows and I think that would be a really interesting way to go but of course because ABC Family doesn't do anything the way I think they should do it they might end up canceling it which would be a shame but I think it was a good effort for everyone that was involved I really it got it got to the point where we were giggling off our feet Mm -hmm. you know towards the later episodes and that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Like you and I'll be like, okay, that was cute. It's not mm-hmm. my cup of tea. Or, yeah. well, or you and I'll be like, that's not even funny. Mm-hmm. But where we're actually like laughing, laughing, laughing to the point where we have to pause things mm-hmm. is just really, really <laughs> great. And I mean, not that we're like the final arbiters of comedy, mm-hmm. but that says a lot because it, it takes a lot to make us laugh. Mm-hmm. For a show to hit home like that means you've done something right. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that ABC Family 
pulls into that, but you never know. To push back, though, I thought State of Georgia did semi have a movie. I thought Georgia was a continuation of the character from Revenge of the Bridesmaids. She's not. Oh, she's not. You said that before, but she's oh, not. Oh, she's not. No. Okay. And then, also, my two cents is, yes, I liked State of Georgia. I knew Raven Simone could pull it off. Just saying. Like, I, w- I never really watched a whole lot of that So Raven, but I watched, like, a two or three of the later episodes, and... While I didn't laugh out loud, I snarked once or twice. And I was like, huh. This snarked? Was, yes. Like, it was like a... <laughs> snorted. It wasn't a snort. It was a snark. It was a nose giggle. Whatever. And I was like, wow, this was actually kind of amusing. Because I, I think I had watched some earlier episodes of it. And I was like, number one, I knew it wasn't my demographic. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, I was like, not amused. Mm-hmm. But... um but then I watched some later ones. So I was like, "These are these are kind of cute and kind of funny." I, I think I totally think she can do it. My one beef with it, though, is that I think, unfortunately, because it was paired with Melissa and Joey, I think it was marketed wrong. I feel like State of Georgia is right up there with Drop Dead Diva. It's an adult show, even though it's on ABC Family and comes on after Melissa and Joey, which I personally feel Melissa and Joey is a family show Mm. that like little kids and parents can watch and the parents can get the dirty jokes and the little kids can get the slapstick stuff and you're all amusing state of georgia is really an adult show it's about the words i mean occasionally obviously georgia and joe end up in crazy costumes and hanging in funny situations which can be amusing but the really funny bit is their reactions and their dialogue and their delivery which is adult and so I feel it's it's a show for grown-ups, and it's not for kids. And unfortunately... See, I would disagree. It's not a show for grown-ups, but it is a show for adults. Yeah. Okay, fine. Adults. But it's so... But unfortunately, I think people were looking at it as a show for their families, and it's, you know, it's not going to be that. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't want it... I don't want it to get canceled, but I feel... And I don't know when they should air it to show it. Because it's also not something that you need to air after Secret Life of the American Teenager. No. But it's not going to grab the same audience as Melissa and Joey. If you want to continue any of the conversations that we've started here, you can follow us at My Fave Neighbors on Twitter or through our blog, which is myfavoriteneighbors.blogspot.com. This is Sis. And this is Squirt. Thanks for stopping by. You'll know us when when you see us. us.